Welcome to Uncomplicating Weight Loss and Life. I'm your host, Eva Rodriguez, proud Latina, single mom, certified life coach, and weight loss coach. I'm here to help high-achieving boss women lose their weight for the last damn time and up-level their lives. When it comes to your health, weight loss, and this thing called life, I'm not saying it'll always be easy, but it doesn't have to be complicated. So this is actually a very full circle moment for me because when you decide to do something like this, which I I will admit, going onto YouTube and, and, and turning this podcast into not just an audio experience, but also a video experience was something that I had thought about for a while, but I was so scared to move forward with it. And going all in and showing up for yourself can be really scary, right? And so I needed a little bit of a nudge by uh, someone in order to continue, not even to, not only to just continue this show, but to even start it, right? Because this is not my first podcast. And I got that little nudge by our next guest who, um, who was there for me when I almost gave up on all of this. So I am joined today by Jessica Hurley, also known as the Podcast Queen, who is the strategist behind so many of our favorite podcast shows. She founded Insta Podcast in 2019 to help incredible voices, brands, and businesses tell their stories the right way through the powerful platform of podcasting. And she is the host of her own show, Rich in Real Life Podcast, and she is my podcast producer. She also co-founded a women's event called Innovative Income that draws in hundreds of women who want to prioritize finding themselves and healing so that they can effortlessly innovate their income. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. So, Jessica, you just rebranded your podcast show after four years of a committed brand to the stranded phase, and now it's called Rich in Real Life. What was your motive behind that transition? Hold on, pause. Before we move forward, I have to say that you almost gave this up, and I'm listening to you talk, knowing the scripts and hearing what you're saying, and I'm like, you are so good at this. You're actually so meant for this. And hearing you do this, and I'm like, and, and just for anyone listening, like thinking the first round you did your podcast and it didn't do what you wanted it to do. And you almost tied that as a measuring stick for your success. Yes. And now your show is incredible. It's mm -hmm. the lead of, it's the top of your funnel for all of the incredible clients you get to work with, all yes. the people that you get to help. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that as an ode to me. I'm saying that as an ode to you is mm -hmm. like, I'm listening to you and I'm like, I can't believe you almost threw in the towel. Yes. Cause you are incredible at this Thank you so and it much. deserves, it deserves. Thank you. And yes, and she is right. I, I, when I found her, I think she actually, I think she found me. It was all serendipity. I was just thinking, I was like, I don't know. I have this podcast and it's not doing very well. And, um, 20 people listen to it and <laughs> I'm 40, 40 episodes in and I don't know about this. And she just inspired me. And she just said, you know what? I don't think it's, I think it's you. I think it's your strategy. And I was this close. And also part of that story is I was supposed to launch three times. I had three launch dates. I kept pushing it back before the uncomplicating weight loss actually became real. And it's because I was so scared. And I remember Jessica being like, bitch, if you don't get this launch date. <laughs> Enough already. Like, what is wrong with you? So in all honesty, this would not be, I would not be here if it wasn't for you. And I, I just, I love you so much. Even like we literally just met in person yesterday. <laughs> uh, we've only met through through Zoom before. And, and I owe all of this. And even now as we're evolving from uncomplicating weight loss to uncomplicating weight loss and, and life, life, which was also part of her strategy. Mm -hmm. She was like, hey, now that you're a life coach, now that you're doing all these things, like let's expand. And I wouldn't have, I would have just stayed hiding behind the microphone because I was really scared to do this. And we would have missed this beautiful face. Yes, Girl, so please Jessica. Give, it, give it all to us. Give it all. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm giving fashions and I'm giving looks and I'm giving an experience, but it's all because she didn't let me give up on myself. So, mm. so thank you so much for that. Thank you. All right. So back to you. <laughs> Rich in real life. Okay. Um, when I started my show, it was my third failed attempt at entrepreneurship. Mm. And so I, I had a full-time job. I worked for a corporate 
uh, company. I was the partnership development director. I had tried mommy blogging. I had tried product sales. I had tried a couple things and I didn't even have, and this is, this really goes to like people always saying like, know where you're going. I didn't know where I was going. I was just like, I need extra money. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't enough. Mm -hmm. And I was trying all these things. Nothing was working. And then uh, one day I was listening to this podcast and this guy said, I'm so tired of people standing on stages and saying that it was Tom Bilyeu. He said, I'm so tired of people standing on stages and saying that all these entrepreneurs, when I was 10, when I was 11 years old, I I, I sold lemonade and I had a <laughs> lemonade stand and I sold t-shirts and I did this and I was always a business owner at heart. And he's like, I was never that. Mm -hmm. I literally have become an entrepreneur by just problem solving by accident. And he's like, that's never been me. I don't, my brain doesn't work like that. I have to work extra hard to be this person. And I was like, wait, that's me. I'm not meant for this. I'm not made for this, but I do know I want something different. And so I started my podcast, The Stranded Phase, because I was like, I want to talk to all these successful people and I don't, I know their accolades. That's why I'm asking to speak to them. I want to know what happens when you cry in the car. I want to know what happens when you feel so stuck and you're stranded on an island and you can't pay your staff. I want to know when you watch all these other be people be successful and you're not there yet, what the hell did you do when you doubted yourself the most? Yeah. And so that was my show that did really well for four years. But we all know if you choose to marry an identity, you will literally become it. Mm -hmm. And for four years, not only was that the message that became me, I was stuck. Mm -hmm. I was choosing to always commit to the the messaging and the conversation around being stuck mm -hmm. and delivering a message to an audience that was stuck. I found myself this year at the top of the year in a hotel room in Miami uh, trying to write new content for a new season. And I, as you can tell, I don't ever run out of stuff to talk about. <laughs> and I could not come up with anything. Mm -hmm. And I remember journaling and crying and sitting on the balcony and I was like, maybe it's over. Maybe my podcast run is over. Maybe I'm just supposed to be a strategist for other people. I slept on it and I woke up the next morning. And as soon as I woke up, I was like, oh my God, no, wait, <laughs> it's not over. I'm just not stranded anymore. Like I'm not stranded anymore. I married an identity and that's not who I am anymore. I fought to be out of this, but I'm trying to keep the same story because that's where I'm comfortable. No, 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 no. Like everywhere I've drugged myself, I need to take my audience with me. Maybe the original goal, and for so many of you listening, the goal is money, it's wealth. But what do we learn along the way? Mm -hmm. That you become rich in connection, you become rich in community, you become rich in health, friendship, love, peace, happiness, like all these things. And all that I've learned, I'm like, I can have it right now. Mm -hmm. The money's a byproduct. Like I can have it right now. And I said, I was like, okay, we we about to be rich in real life, y'all. Mm -hmm. That's where we're going. So I just took my audience with me and that's, always been the journey is to just take them with me. Yeah, I love that. And I love how you've been so vulnerable with with all all of the things that you've been through over the past mm -hmm. four years. And um, even with your with your health and weight loss journey, because as everyone can see, you look amazing. Thank you. Tell us about how that came about for you. How did you lose the weight? How did you like what what was your mindset behind it? Oh my God. So this part is really important because somebody's listening and I know you've had this moment in 2020 end of the pandemic or as it was coming to an end. I remember um, you could just go back to the gym and I went, I recommitted and I was at the shape and weight that I was like, I don't ever, like I was really unhappy with myself. Like I was like, okay, this is enough. This is bad. Blamed it on pandemic, but it's time to do something yeah. about it. I, found this CrossFit gym down the street from my house and I told the guy, I walked in, I did the whole thing, not just like walking in hide. Mm -hmm. I, I came in and I was like, weigh me, fix it, <laughs> do the whole thing, mm -hmm. hire the trainer, everything you tell me to do, I'm gonna do it. Mm -hmm. And I committed for 60 days. Mm -hmm. I went, I went no less than five days a week for 60 days. Mm -hmm. I weighed myself every week and I'll never forget on the 60th day, he brought me in and he weighed me and I was two pounds heavier than when I came in. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And I remember leaving and I went and then like then when we sat first when we sat down and he starts he can't come up with an answer why and now he starts going into like all my foods and he's like well maybe if you cut the avocado you have in the morning in half <laughs> and maybe if you it's more eggs instead of avocado mm -hmm. and it's this and let's not try bread let's try something and I, I, I literally cried on the way home mm -hmm. and I remember calling my best friend and I was like and I, I cry, thinking, I, I, my eyes are watering, thinking about it. I was like, 
what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, I just worked out for 60 days straight. I'm following this diet. I'm doing extra work. There's no way. There's no way. Fast forward. A year later, I had I was in a relationship at the time during that whole thing, seven-year relationship. A year later, my fiance and I decided to separate before we get married. Three months after the separation, I go to a Reiki healer. Mm-hmm. And I'm around the same weight still. I've just learned to deal with it because I, for whatever reason, I don't think I can lose weight. Mm-hmm. And... I go to the Reiki healer and I'm laying on her table and we go through the whole thing. And at the end, she tells me to take a deep breath and she sticks her thumb and literally pushes my stomach so hard that I almost choked. I was like, (laughs) and she said, by the way, I just want you to know when you let all this shit that you're carrying go, you're going to lose 25 pounds. Mm. She said 25 to 28 and it'll be about six to eight months. And I was like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) (laughs) If you only knew that I can't lose five pounds, you would never say that. (laughs) And... I'll be damned. That was March 2021. Mm. By December 2021, I was 30 pounds lighter. Mm. And the only thing I did, I didn't work out like crazy. I did a lot of therapy. Mm. I did hypnosis. I did EMDR. I did uh, tons of Reiki. I did spiritual hypnosis. I walked every day. I journaled. I meditated. I learned to, like, I say as someone that used to be skeptical to meditating, I meditated well. Um, I hiked. I did things that, for me, like, I just chose me relentlessly. And I swear to God, the weight fell off. Mm -hmm. It melted off. Mm -hmm. Melted. And I, I, to this day, cannot explain to people, and there was this very fine moment in between the month that she told me that and two months after that I said to myself, I remember looking in the mirror and I said to myself, if I don't lose this weight, she's talking about, because I totally thought she was full of shit. (laughs) I was like, if I don't lose this weight, I still love this girl. Mm -hmm. I remember looking at me and I'm like, I still love this girl. And the only reason I did it and it hurt so bad before wasn't the work that I had put in. It wasn't anything else. It was because I was in a relationship that I was working so hard to prove that I was worthy of being exclusive to. Mm -hmm. Whether it was the work or my looks or whatever and not being able to lose the weight made me feel like I couldn't prove that I was worthy of being exclusive. I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not fine enough. I'm not this. I'm not that Mm -hmm. because I'm not skinny enough. Mm -hmm. And I just remember I'm in my own place at this point. I'm like, what if I lose the weight, great. If not, I still love her. Yeah. And I'll be damned. And it stayed off. Mm-hmm. It has stayed off. I, I eat intuitively, like you said now. Mm-hmm. It is literally I fluctuate five to ten pounds here mm-hmm. and there, but mm-hmm. I've never been happier with the body that I have. And I'm yeah. not doing anything crazy. And that's so powerful. And I want everyone to really pay attention to what she just said. She went to CrossFit every day. Sixty days. For sixty days. <laughs> and gained two pounds. Right. And had her her CrossFit gym bro. <laughs> he was like, can you cut the I'll never forget him being like, can you cut the avocado in half? And I was like, are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> exactly. The gym bro was like, oh, it must be the avocado. That's why. <laughs> that's why you gained two pounds. And that's what it's so powerful that you're telling your story this way, because I want everyone to hear this. Losing weight is not complicated and it does not require you going to CrossFit or any other fucking gym every single day for two months because that is not the problem that is not the issue the issue is always inside it is an inside job and if you don't release that emotional weight it will manifest as physical weight Mm -hmm. it will manifest in your spirit it will show up in the way that you talk to people the way that you interact with everything that is the weight the emotional weight that we carry is often heavier than the actual weight that we have on our bodies And I'm so glad that you shared that story because I know there's so many women that are listening that are doing all the things. I'm not kidding. And they're trying and it's not working. And then, of course, we make it think that it's something wrong with us. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm just not meant to lose weight. I'm just supposed to be this weight and unhappy. No, it's not it. But it's what's going on in here and it's what's going on in here. And that's where it all starts. So for people that are listening that think that all I got to do is just beat myself up and just like, you know, restrict and never eat these things again and stop eating avocado. (laughs) Healthy fat. Which is a very healthy fat. (laughs) I have such a problem with the gym bros. I've talked shit about gym bros on like 
five episodes already because I used to date a gym pro and he was a piece of shit. But <laughs> we ain't talking about that right now. But yes, it's all about when you finally realize that there was this emotional weight that you were holding on to. And then the Reiki healer was like, listen, when you let that go. When you let this go, girl. When the weight will drop off effortlessly. To the point now that I trust, you know, and you know my journey. So two years of very like um, trying to be very aware to the point now where like if I see myself fluctuate, I don't even think about what I'm eating. If Mm -hmm. I fluctuate, I'm literally like, okay, you need to do some more hot yoga. You need to like, oh, are you off your morning routine? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've been traveling. Okay. I don't get upset with myself. I'm like, how do I get back in tune with myself? Mm-hmm. Because I know if I get back in tune with myself, for whatever reason I've gotten off track, I'll be fine. I probably just need to calm down. My body's probably just holding on to stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, go figure out how to calm down, not how to cut calories, yes. not how to like, I'm like, literally immediately, I'm like, oh, let me go to hot yoga tomorrow. Let me do mm-hmm. this. Let me, let me, let me get back on my balcony. Let me go journal this morning instead of take this meeting. Let me yeah. cancel. Like um, I go straight to my calendar when I see that I've gained five pounds. Mm-hmm. Like if I get home tomorrow and I see that I'm five pounds heavier, I'm like, okay, you traveled, you ate mm-hmm. unwell, mm-hmm. like whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. Plan some yoga, plan some time on the balcony, which is like my solace mm-hmm. in my home. She has you a know. beautiful balcony. <laughs> It's all over her Instagram, and I'm jealous. I love it so much. It's, every, it's worth every penny. Like, and I'm like, go, like, immediately, I go to my calendar. I'm like, what can I cancel so that I can have some time to myself so I can get back in tune with myself? Not so I can make better choices, so that I can just hear, like, you're probably front-loaded. You're probably overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. You're probably exhausted. You probably need sleep. And I bet that weight will just kind of fall off. And I know it sounds really ridiculous, but it always comes back to me. Yeah. Yeah. It is not. And now I don't eat crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't eat loads of French fries and fried chicken mm-hmm. and all that. I don't eat that, but I eat what I want. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Look at that. She eats what she wants. <laughs> and she doesn't gain weight. What? <laughs> really, Eva? You mean I don't have to count calories? No, bitch. You don't have to count <laughs> calories. Damn it. But I love that. I love that, that, that my listeners can really just see that. That it's like you know how to tap in. And you didn't make it mean even when you have kind of fluctuated, when you're, now that you're in your maintenance, and I talk about this as well, your maintenance range can be between three to 10 pounds. It doesn't mean something has gone wrong. No. You take that moment and you're like, let me reassess. I was just traveling. I was out of my norm. And of course my body's like, wait a minute, what's happening? Where are we at? What, what? And then once you get back into your home, into your routine, you're right back to peace. And I'm gonna take this a step further. You have talked about this on end. I get to be behind the camera. I get to hear a lot of the things that you talk about and you teach and she's incredible. I don't, if I go, I'll go to the scale when I get home and then I'll go to my calendar Mm -hmm. and then I'll go to the mirror and it's not a mirror assessing my curves and my weight gain. It's a mirror assessing myself. Mm -hmm. And then I go back to how, it's literally a question of how do I fall back in love with myself? Because clearly over the last week I've made some choices where I didn't put me first. That's fine. Mm -hmm. There are seasons and times where we will not have the time I understand that we always talk about loving yourself and putting yourself first. But there are seasons where that's not the case. So the question immediately is how do I get back in tune and just in love with myself? Because when you are truly in, listen to me when I say this, (laughs) when you are truly in love with yourself and the way that you love other people, the last man you were with, the relationship you're currently in, that person that you were so obsessed with, you make nothing but good choices for them. When you are truly in love with yourself and you know it's working, you will not make bad choices for yourself. I'm literally like, girl, you love you and you don't want to feel like that later. So Mm -hmm. it's a no. Mm -hmm. Like... No, you want energy today. No, you don't need that second coffee because you don't want to feel like you don't want to crash later. Like, nope, I love myself enough that I want to enjoy my night tonight with my son. So I'm not going to eat that. Like, it's such an effortless choice aside from let me restrict myself. It's, oh, my God, I love feeling like this. I love feeling so energized and healthy and amazing. And I love feeling like I'm younger than I am. And I love putting these jeans on and not feeling like crap Mm -hmm. and that has everything to do with how much i love what i put in my body yes yes it's It's all about honoring honoring your body very different oh my gosh so now you've also really opened up about on your show about all the seasons that you've been through in your life and i love how you have i I don't remember which episode it was but you talked about being broken and still being a boss Mm -hmm. because i think so many of our listeners can relate to that like we are high achieving busy women a lot of us are single moms a lot of us find ourselves in this place where there's like everything is falling apart all of it but we got to keep moving 
can't just because everything's falling apart doesn't mean you can just like go crawl into your your bed and be in fetal position for the next week. Mm-hmm. Shit keeps going. Life goes on. Our kids still need to get themselves to school, and we still have a business to run. Correct. Can you talk to us about how you navigated through? such a dark time, but still managed to to build this empire that you're building. Man, there's so many things to this. So it was, um, I call it the dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. And that's like an age old term, right? Yeah. No one uses it anymore, but it is, to me, it's literally, um, I hurt so bad one night I had to Google it. Mm-hmm. I said, there can't, this pain can't be real. This is a level of grief that cannot be real. Mm-hmm. And I found articles about the dark night of the soul. And it was a night where I was in a hotel bathroom, in the bathtub, water up to my ears, crying, mm-hmm. um, staying there for five hours. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, I don't know how to get out of here. Like, I can't. I, there's nothing out there right now for me that I care, I care about. And um, understanding that when things are falling apart, sometimes you have to let it. Mm-hmm because it's all within reason. God has something bigger for us that we can't conceptualize. I always say it feels like, I feel like I'm in a corner in a room with the lights off with a lamp. Like I put myself in timeout and I'm like, I'm in this corner. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. And I'm trying to turn the lights on. And I feel like we feel like we're being pushed into a corner, but sometimes God's just like tapping us on the shoulder. He's like, turn around. Mm -hmm. All of this is for you. Mm -hmm. And you're facing this corner. And it was just hitting rock bottom and being like, okay, everything that you've ever feared, the absolute worst case scenarios, they're all here. They're here. Mm-hmm. Now what? That was the first half. The second half, and this is the most important part for those of you listening, I want you to hear this part. Because as a woman, as a woman, we do so much to one another that can be painful and tear each other down. And we feel like there's not enough room at the top for all of us. But the part we forget is that we have such an ability to be each other's damage control. And my saving grace in this was when I was in that depression, I came out of that dark night of the soul, but it was up and down. It was, I'll work for three hours and then I'll get back in bed. Mm -hmm. And I remember doing a call and I had kind of been a little bit open at that point about what was going on, which was a separation after a seven year relationship, Mm -hmm. father of my son. And I had been a little bit open about it, and I got on a call with two girls that I was working with for years. They were my clients. And I had literally just got done crying. I was like, sucked it up, sat down at the call. And I was like, hey, and I just started going, like, hey, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. And like, literally, the girl goes, hey, stop. And I was like, and she's like, your eyes are so puffy. And I was like, I know. And she said, you just got done crying. And I said, I'm, I'm sorry. I was like, I, she's like, no, no, no. Are you okay? And I said, yeah. And she goes, bullshit. Are you okay? And I was like, no. And she said, I want you to know that one, her and the uh, it was two girls, she said, her and I, we're going to sit here and we want to give you 15 minutes and you can be quiet. You can vent and this stays here you can tell us how you feel or you can tell us what you need but i want it to be nothing related to what you do for us because we already know and trust that you know how to show up for us you've been doing that for a year straight so let's take that off she said because you can be the boss as long and as often as you want and this role will come back and you'll have to do it but right now i just want you to be jessica Mm -hmm. and she's like where is jessica and i just Mm -hmm. it came pouring out for them to let me have that space, even though they were paying me as clients. And then at the end to say, we trust you as a boss. You don't get to dictate what your circumstances are. So you can be broken too right now. And we don't think any less of you. And I, that space, a woman giving me that space was my saving grace. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started becoming more honest and vulnerable about it was like, hold on. <laughs> I'm not the only one that's been through this. Mm-hmm. You're not the only one that's been through this. However, we have to act like we're the only person that's going through this because we have full-time jobs. We have full-time careers. We have businesses. We're moms. We, can, we can't cry to our children. That was the aha moment as a business owner. The biggest aha moment I had for my with my child as a mother, if you are a mother and you are going through something like this, please listen to me. I was doing all this healing work, I was focusing on myself and I drove my son to school one day and I was on the phone, I hung up the phone, I opened the door, he was four, I unbuckled his car seat 
And that joker jumped out and jetted in the middle of the highway. Oh, my gosh. And I ran after him in sandals. I picked him up. I ran him to the school, and I threw him up against the wall. And I was like, what are why? What is wrong with you? I'm crying. He's crying. And he looked at me and he said, mommy, I'm just so angry. I'm just so angry. And all he could say was, I'm so angry and calmed him down, embraced him, took him into school, stayed there with him for an hour. I leave. I get in the car and I start bawling. Mm. And I call my therapist and I said, I'm thinking about the day. Am I enabling him? What did I do? What's wrong? Like, what, what mothering? Like, am I not just being a good mom? And like, she just sat there. She was silent. She let me get it all out. And she goes, you think this has something to do with what you did this morning? And I said, she goes, doesn't that look familiar? And I was like, no, no, I work really hard for him to not see me upset. She goes, I know. That's not what I'm talking about. That's how you feel inside. She said, if someone t gave you permission right now to scream, cry, run in the middle of the street and run away and yell, I'm angry, would you? Mm -hmm. And I was like, absolutely. She was like, your son can feel that. And I was like, shit, I actually have to do this work. Yeah. I have to do this work. It's un, it's inevitable. It's unavoidable. Mm -hmm. it, it, it can't be skipped. Pain is a cycle. You have to cycle through it in layers. And we get so caught up in thinking like, oh, we get so caught up in thinking that like, it's a one and done. Mm -hmm. Or that if like I went, I was in pain and then I got out of it and then I'm back, I'm regressing in some way. Mm -hmm. No, you are peeling off the layers that eventually will become something so beautiful. But if you don't learn to sit in it mm -hmm. while life is going on, yes. you will like that is the truest form mm -hmm. of losing yourself. Yes. I was like, how do I find myself? amidst all this pain. Because God is tearing me up right now for some unforeseen reason. Yes, yes. And I can't see the other side. Mm -hmm. And none of us ever will. We don't know why. Right. And I was like, if I could just put my big girl panties on because my son needs it, I know I don't have this business for no reason. Mm -hmm. I know I don't get to help all these incredible women for no reason. I know these people aren't pouring into me for no reason if I can just find a way to keep myself intact and keep doing this, I know, I know it'll all make sense one day. Yeah. Yeah. And now it does. Mm -hmm. Listen to me when I tell you there's a version of you under all these layers that you could not conceptualize. I have been a fool to always think or ever think that the vision board that I create is big enough. <laughs> Every time I've been required to purge, unsubscribe, peel the layers, remove, de like unattach, it has all been for reasons bigger than anything I can understand. And I would beg that the same is probably for you, those of you listening as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned your son, who's so cute, by the way. <laughs> so you're, you. you're a mom to a little boy, adorable mm -hmm. little boy who has your exact face. <laughs> I love it. And um, so we get to we get we have that in common. We get to share that joy. And being a boy mom is the most amazing thing. I always say. God knew. <laughs> yes, because I used to think I wanted a girl, and I was like, no, I think I want a little girl. And then and then God gave me this beautiful little magical little boy, and I was like, oh my God. Yes. And they love their they mommy love so, you much. so much. Oh my God, they love us so much. It is the most amazing thing in the whole world. But as a businesswoman, right? And you yeah. also travel because you're you're from Florida. You live yep. in Florida. You're here right now with us in Maryland. So you travel to your clients as you're producing shows. How do you? How have you learned to balance that? Balance it so that he knows that like mommy's working, but it's because it's because this is what she's she's a boss, right? Like how do you balance the be, also being a single mom? and being a business owner, and, and also just wanting to be there for, for your little guy. Okay, listen to me when I say this. And I'm sure someone has said this before. Balance is bullshit. Mm -hmm. uh, balance comes in seasons. Mm -hmm. However, you are doing entrepreneurship all wrong, and I know it takes time. It takes time. But the thing I had to learn that I was the most skeptical about was – as an entrepreneur, you are not doing this right if you are not boxing your clients into a lifestyle that works for you. Mm -hmm. 
So if you have to systemize and plan the hell out of your business and your life so that you can have the life you want, there's all this talk about, you know, burnout and don't create an overpaid job and all these things. And I get it, but you can have a very successful business and box your clients in and build a system around the things that like still allow you to have the life that you want. Mm -hmm. Like when my son started kindergarten and it wasn't going well, I was like, either you pull him out and make an excuse or you make a way. Mm -hmm. And it was okay. All right. Like I remember when I had to pull back and say, okay, I am telling all my clients there will be one recording a month. Mm -hmm. You get in where you fit in. So if you have to schedule this out three months, I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you, but it is what it is. I had to set those boundaries for me to be able to have the time with my son. I cannot be traveling three times a month. Yeah. I can commit to one. And I thought, and I had that fear, I'm gonna lose clients. Mm -hmm. No, it created a wait list and now I have more clients. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like all these things that you fear, I can't tell you how many times someone would say, oh, okay, well you can help yourself by being less available or boxing people in or setting better boundaries or don't be available after four. Mm -hmm. And I would think, oh my God, I'm not going to be available enough. I'm not going to have enough clients. I'm not going to No, everything that I have put into place has done nothing but buy my time back, mm -hmm. create more clientele, create more buzz around what I do. Like it's all been the opposite. Mm -hmm. And I have to remind myself constantly that in order for me to have any kind of balance, because entrepreneurship can get crazy real fast. Yes. Like you can show people just like you train a man, you train your clients, mm -hmm. like that you're available all the time and yes. you'll do all the things. Mm -hmm. And I had to put a dead stop to that really quick because for me to be able to be there, pick him up from school at a certain time, be available to him, be able to be involved in his sports. Like I was like, I will have both. Is it hard sometimes? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I will have both. And like, I don't have family nearby there. Like it's, the village, my friends, mm -hmm. they show up like crazy. Mm -hmm. um, I do co-parent co -parent with his father, so I don't know. That's not technically a single mom, but we do, you it know, is. a split. Um, and just people believing in and buying into what I'm doing because I have a big why behind it. And so many people being involved, involved in wanting to support that Yes, has been huge for me. Yes. Huge. Yeah. Um, boxing my clients in, and I know that sounds silly, but... You have to make this allow you to create the life that you want or it's not worth it for right. you. Yeah, It's really not. And a bare minimum ask is spending time with your child and balancing motherhood. That is not a luxury. Mm -hmm. That is that is the bare minimum that is required. You would require that of an employer you worked for, require it of yourself as a business owner. Absolutely. And I want to also talk about that the, being a single mom, because I, I actually do think that even if you co-parent, you are still a single mom, right? Especially if you have primary custody, especially if you're the yes. one that's taking them to school and picking them up and doing the doctor's yes. appointments and all of that. And I, a lot of my clients are single moms and I have, I have such a soft spot for them because I understand the struggle. Yeah. And I also understand that like we're tr kind of trying to be two people. We want to be like the disciplinarian and the nurturer all at the same time. And it can feel like a lot. And then there's this stigma that I didn't actually know about until maybe a few years ago where like people look down on single moms like mm. they, they, there's this whole stigma that like we're all broke busted and disgusted and I'm just like um no we are not <laughs> um Absolutely not. And in my case, it's a little different because my son's father died when, when my son was three. And so I really, truly, it's really just me. Yeah. And, it, and yes, that's a little bit more difficult, but it's also, I always say with single moms, we have this emotional burden on ourselves that it's almost like we have to be more than one person. Mm -hmm. And that if just that in and of itself is a lot. Add to that the stress of being an entrepreneur that is not for the faint of heart at all because it can be really hard and being an entrepreneur literally has brought me to my knees and had me question my all of my life choices <laughs> and my previous past lives as well it's like what the fuck all the time is this it is <laughs> right? a look in the mirror exactly and so but at the same time I always, even the days when I want to give up and like go back to just working for some motherfucker that's going to get on my nerves Correct. And, and, and the 40 hour a week job when I think of that and then I look at him and I think of I am creating a life that I wouldn't have even been able to imagine 10 years ago. I am creating so much opportunity. I get to take him every year, our birthdays are four days apart, every August, 
we go on the most extravagant vacation. I love it. I saw this. Yes, the most extravagant. He hates every minute of our photo shoots because I'm like, no, we must capture this. So he's like, <laughs> I pull him out of bed in the middle of the day on our vacation. Like, we had to go take pictures on the beach. He's like, mom. <laughs> I love it. And I'm like, because I have to remember these things because these yep. are the memories yes. that we need to remember. And I always tell him, you don't understand now. But when you you're will. older and you look back at all the pictures that I dragged you through once a year to celebrate our birthdays, mm. you're going to remember. Like, I remember going to the Bahamas with my mom. Mm. I remember going to Disney World. I remember going to Turks and Caicos. I remember going to DR. I remember doing these things with my mom and having so much fun. And just, it's just me and him. It's just, I always say it's mommy and Christian time. It's just me and you. Aww. And we create, and the thing with my son and I, and I'm sure you have this with yours, is he's like my best friend. Mm. It's like, we're like best friends. And we just hang out. And as, they, as you'll see as they get older, they just start talking. We just start, have these conversations. <laughs> he has a little girlfriend. He gets good Absol- morning texts. Absolutely not. I don't, I don't get good morning texts. <laughs> my 11-year-old son gets good morning texts from his little girlfriend. I was like, who's this little girl? Who's this? And where's your mother? I don't know. (laughs) I need to see her. I need to approve. But it's just, I always want to be, for my son, an example of what's possible. Yeah. And I want him to, because there was a time when I was doing corporate where I was miserable. And I was working 12-hour days. And my commute was two hours because D.C., Maryland, Virginia traffic is trash. And you get stuck in traffic for hours trying to get from point A to point B when it should just be, it's 15 miles, but it takes you two hours. And I remember coming home exhausted and then feeling guilty because I'm tired, but he wants to play. Mm. Getting home and being too tired to play. And he wants to play and he wants to play the Wii and he wants to play these video games. And I'm like, oh, my God. But I would still do it because I never wanted him to think my mom is too busy for me. Mm. And that's a really hard thing to do when it's just you. It's so hard. So hard. That's the part when you were like, we're still single moms Mm -hmm. because there's so many times where I'm home trying to manage and I'm like, this would be so different if somebody else was here. Yes. Like he, he's even gotten into the habit of telling me lately, um, when we get home, are we going to play? Mm-hmm. He's five. So he's like, are we going to play? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, no, you're going to cook. <laughs> and I'm like, dang, because I always will say, like, I'll put a foot out. Not mm-hmm. right now, not in the kitchen. I'm cooking, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. he wants to come and he's, I, he's accidentally touched the stove yes, before when yes. he's playing. So I'm like, no, I'm cooking mm-hmm. and I'll put my foot out and say, so he'll say now, no, we're not. You're going to cook. Mm-hmm. And I think. God, if somebody else was home, yes. they could play with him. Yes. They could entertain him. And he would feel like someone was giving him attention. Mm-hmm. And so while you're nurturing and caring for and providing the necessities, mm-hmm. you can't also be the the friend, yeah. the fun parent, mm-hmm. the all the things. And then you go, I don't know how to be both sometimes. Yeah. Like, and I don't know how to. And then you can get into this whole masculine and feminine balance. Mm-hmm. Like the person that I am in business is not going to work in a relationship. Right. The person I am in business does not work as a mother. Right. I literally have to shut off and switch gears mm-hmm. where I'm like, your son does not need the boss mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, he actually thinks he's the boss. So <laughs> yes. like, he doesn't need this version of you mm-hmm. at all. It serves him in no way. Like you need to. So how do you check out from um and I'm just using those terms like leader, you know, um, aggressive, control, just mm-hmm. like manager to peaceful, lover, connected, mm-hmm. empowering, embracing, yeah. emotional being. Yes. Because as women, we find that those other traits make, make us successful. I really tell people, I think when we get in our 30s, we find ourselves in some successful place. And when we go to celebrate, we like do this like internal assessment. And we think of all the things that we did to get ourselves there. And at some point, somewhere in our subconscious mind, we make a decision of like, all that emotional si- shit did nothing. Mm-hmm. It screwed up my relationship. It screwed up my job. Mm-hmm. It No, actually, all these masculine traits are what work for me. Mm-hmm. And so we start taking them out of every role that we play. I love when I see it. And I'm like, like, okay, he doesn't care about this version of you. <laughs> like, he does not care about the boss of Instapodcast. Yeah. He does not care. <laughs> he wants his mom. And so I've, when he cuddles in bed with me or like, I always ask him this question. I'm like, how do you feel right now? And it took us a while because I would run down a list of words mm-hmm. and he would be like, so he uses the same two words all the time. He'll say blessed and safe. Aww. And I'm like, you feel safe right now? And he'll say, yeah, I feel so safe. Mm -hmm. And so that just means to me, like, you feel loved, embraced, and and I've got to be doing something right. Yeah, yeah. And that's really what they need. Mm -hmm. That's all they need is just to – one of the things that I've discovered um, 
doing EMDR therapy, Ooh. which so Jessica introduced <laughs> me to her EMDR therapist, amazing. And it's been so transformational in just a little bit of time that we've been working together. But she's one incredible. of the things, she's so good. One of the things she helped me uncover was I never felt safe in my childhood. <sighs> So I never felt safe at home. Your negative cognition was mm-hmm. I'm not safe. Yep. Mm-hmm. I never felt safe at home and I never felt safe at school. So I never had a safe space. At home, my parents were disconnected because the, when we lost, my, my sister died when I was four and she was six. So my parents disconnected. And I was weird because obviously I had trauma. So I showed up as a weird kid in school that was always crying and people thought something was wrong with me. So I got bullied. You had to become an adult. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. So I didn't feel so I would get picked on at school for being the weird girl that's always crying. And then I would go home and get ignored. And so I never had safety. Wow. And one of the most important things for my son, because so he has a bit of trauma, like when I leave. So it's like going like going out of town without him is really difficult for me, even now, even now that he's 11, because he really misses me because he doesn't think I'm going to come home. Wow. Because his dad one day left and didn't come home. And so I know that he has that trauma. So it's my job to create safety for him, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So for me, I always go out of my way to make sure that he knows you are safe with me. Mm-hmm. There is nothing you can ever do that will make me stop loving you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going anywhere. And it's a whole other thing to teach your children to create safety within themselves. Yes. Because there's so many things that we want to hold them from and hoard them from mm-hmm. that, like, sometimes I'm like, should I have to let you do this, yes. don't I? Like, and that's so hard. Like, I have to let you jump off the end of the couch? Shit. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Oh. yes. Like, there's just things where I'm like, I know I have to let you do this. I have to. You don't. It is so hard to what it's one thing when you find out you're traumatized mm-hmm. like you're like shit okay yeah that was a that was a thing mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. but it is another thing to be aware enough to watch what is happening with your children and know that they're going through something right now yes. that will have them in therapy when they're in their 20s 30s 40s mm-hmm. and to know even more so you said you try to do everything to tell him that he's safe but there's certain things you won't be able to keep him from as an adult I know. and so knowing that you cannot advert your all of your children's like the adversity that is required for their life is not is is in part not your responsibility Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like knowing that my son is in a a separated in a co-parenting situation he's in a his parents have two homes as a five-year-old he tells people now i hear him all the time like my mommy and my daddy don't live together they have two different houses and i hear it and i used to want to cry because i'd be like oh my god that's you will have to deal with that at some point. Yeah. And as bad as I want to protect you from it, and as bad as I want to coddle you from it, I don't get to change the adversity that you're going to experience. Mm-hmm. I don't get to change who you become. I get to navigate. Yes. I get to guide. Mm-hmm. But I don't get to control the adversity you deal with, how you handle it, and who you become because of it. Yeah. It's so we're true. just gifted these little humans. I know. And then it's like, they're your perfect person. Just guide them. Yeah. Yeah, but and we want to as moms, we're so protective, and we don't want them to feel any pain. Yes, and we want to like put them in a bubble, and it's and it's so hard to watch them struggle, but it's part of their growth. And for a long time, I tried to just like let me be protective, let me make sure he doesn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. If I don't want him to get hurt, and it was it happened actually. In, it was in fifth grade last year. He had to go through a lot of just like learning the the just like the social part mm-hmm. of friendships and frenemies and and bullying for the first time. And um, and just recently, one of his old friends like turned on him, and he had to kind of go go through that like like letting go of a friend that he thought was a friend. And um, it is so hard to watch. Yes, because I want to make it go away. Yeah, I'm like, no, no, you no. You shouldn't have to feel that way. Yeah, I'm like, and then you want to tell the world, do you know how great this kid yes. is? Yes. Do you know? <laughs> I mean, do you know what he's been through? Yes. Exactly. And I, it's so funny because there's this happened very recently where his friend, old former friend. I think he was, because my son now goes to a different school. I took him out of the school, put him into a new school. And um, I think his former friend was, I don't know, maybe jealous or something. And he made a really, it was on text because I saw it, a really nasty comment. He said, um, at least my father isn't dead. <gasps> and when I tell you that I wanted to go to that little boy's house, <laughs> and I was like, all these kids are so nasty. It is on site. <laughs> and, I, and I told my friend. I and will she be was that like, mom. She's like, Eva, you can't say it's on site to an 11-year-old. I was like, yes, I can. <laughs> I will pull up. I will pull up. I will pull up. I know where you live. 
I will beat you and your mother. It's like, I was so, because I was like, how dare you? Like, who says that? But they're children, right? But yeah. also, and it's so. And they don't know the consequences of the pain exactly, that they inflict on other people. Exactly. They do not. They have no idea. And, and my son, and I always say my little boy is magical because I asked him, I said, did that hurt you? When, when he said that about your dad, he was like, nah. Mm. Those just words. And I'm and like, we don't get to control that. Yes. That part. Yes. It's so hard yes. to watch. Like, even I, I will literally, I still close my eyes to this day when I see my child has this, like, relentless courage in walking up to strange kids and, like, hi, will you play with me? Aww. He's five, you know. Mm-hmm. So that, hi, will you play with me? And then I see the instant moment of, like, where a kid wants to be like, you're weird. Yes. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't watch. <laughs> like, I can't watch you experience rejection. Yes. It hurts. But that is the things that we don't get to shield them from. Yeah. That is the th- People are going to say nasty things to the, him mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. We, we Nasty things were said to us. Like, yes. we don't get to shield them from the adversity that they are meant, unfortunately, mm-hmm. to experience yeah. that are going to carve and crave them or turn them into who they're meant to become. Yeah. It's wild. It is. And what I've realized, even through this most recent thing, when I was going to fight a child and his mother. (laughs) 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 Not my proudest moment. Whatever. I would do anything for my baby. So, but it was so interesting, though, because his response was more mature than mine. But then that means that you know you're doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. That means everything that you've been doing. Yes. Because we know our kids, right? They don't ever get it in the moment. Mm -hmm. But later on, you're like, oh, you were listening. Mm -hmm. Oh, you were listening. Yeah. Yeah. That means he was listening. Yeah. And we're and they're always watching us and they're mm-hmm. always and they're so smart. And especially when we're super connected to them, right? Because yes. like with my son, even when he was a baby, I, I practiced attach, attachment parenting. Mm. So like he slept in the bed with me. People thought it was weird. They were like, he's never gonna get out of your bed. It did take a while to get him out of my bed. It was he was like, I don't know, nine. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I don't care, it's my little teddy bear. But I that spoke to me, just like intuitive eating speaks to me because it feels very natural. Mm-hmm. Attachment parenting felt very natural to me because listening to my child cry in a crib in another room feels terrible. And I don't care if that's how they learn how to sleep or sleep train. I don't give a fuck. I don't want to hear my baby crying. Right. And I think because of that, we're still so close. As he's going into puberty and things are changing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Mommy, I have a little bit of a mustache. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's almost Mom, taller don't than touch me. me in front of my friends. Oh, yeah, I can't. He won't give me kisses when I drop him off at school unless no one's watching. <laughs> I'm like, I don't get kisses. He's like, no, you get a goodbye bye. <laughs> and he just ah! goes out of the car. And I'm like, all right, all right. I have to I have to release a little bit. But I know, I'll tell you this. Last night, you know, we were recording for almost 12 hours here. And I was delirious and tired when I got home last night. And I just said to him, I was like, I just want cuddles. Mm. And he just came in my bed and he just gave me cuddles and he tucked me in last night. Oh. Because he knew how tired I was. And like, those are the moments. You know. Those are the moments. You know you did something right. Yeah. Yeah. So, as much as there's this stigma of like, especially single moms raising sons. Oh. Single moms raising sons, as if we don't Don't know. make them your boyfriend. Don't yeah. make them your best yes, friend. Don't yes. don't put all of your emotions and your feelings into them. He's don't. not your, your boyfriend, your husband. No, he's not. He's my son. Mm-hmm. And he is uh, he is going to be an amazing young man. And I see this because of the way that I'm showing him what strength looks like. The way you're showing up for yourself. Yes. The way you're showing up for yourself. Yes. It's like I, I told you yesterday, there's always a difference between not putting your children first mm-hmm. and putting yourself first. Right. Of like, there's moments where I'm like, no, no. I, Mommy needs a break. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mommy needs some space. Yes. Because I'm going to be a great mother for you when I'm giving the, given the space that mm-hmm. I need to come back. I mean, it's almost like a, sometimes I look at it and I'm like, this is almost like partnership because mm-hmm. when I come back, I'm like, oh, I miss my baby. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I needed that. Oh, I can't wait to love on you. Yes. You know, and it's like that little two days. Mm-hmm. That was great. I needed that. Now yeah. I'm excited to see you again. I had a chance to miss you. Yes. So the 97 times that you tell me to watch this, um, <laughs> I'm like, I can watch it 100 more. Yes, Whereas yes. like after five days, I was like, okay, this is driving me crazy. Um, you know, and you have to put yourself first mm-hmm. so that you can show up that way. Right. Because they are always watching. They really are. Always. They are. 
They are. So the stigma is, don't get me started, if you want somebody to run the country, it's a woman. And then if you add something, it's a single mom. Because the resilience and the push through and the ability to balance, to still be able to embrace our children Mm -hmm. and be emotional and be feminine and be present all while running a household, playing two roles and having a career, running a business, maybe being in a leadership role, whatever it is, I don't care what level you're at, it requires a insurmountable amount of resilience. Exactly. Insurmountable. Yes. One of the things that I know, because I know you do co-parent, and that in and of itself is a whole journey. It's a whole journey (laughs) with a whole lot of drama around it, I'm sure, because all of my clients that they're like, my piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) ex-husband. Every time I see a book in the store that's like successful co-parenting, I'm like, "Mm -hmm." I'm still waiting to meet meet someone that says how great it is. (laughs) Yes. But even that, right, I know that uh, that's another thing that you kind of add to your plate of having to find that balance as well. And, you know, when he's not with you, there's different rules, Mm. right? There's he's learning other things and always knowing. And I think what's so important for I want everyone to, to know this is that even as single women like you who is co-parenting, and you are also probably, or maybe did, had to grieve that, had to grieve that you had an idea of what your family was gonna look like, and God said, no. Just kidding. Yep, JK. Yep. That's actually not what it's gonna be. I had an incredible, uh, I still see her, um, um, coach through that time. Mm-hmm. Her name was Ludmila. Um, oh, from the late, I know her, from the life coach school. You do? Ludmila Woodruff, right? Yes. yes. Oh, my God. That's so ironic. Yes. So we're doing her shoot show, too, by the way. Oh, my gosh. Coming out soon. Yes. Um, incredible. Mm-hmm. Coached me through motherhood. Coached me through leaving the relationship. Coached me through a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I just remember her saying, of all the things she said, um, she said, don't be afraid to grieve this in layers. Mm. And um, it'll literally be like an itemized list that you will grieve. And you'll know when you get past those things. And I was like... I just want it all away now. Mm-hmm. And then I just remember, literally, it would be like, you're grieving the idea of being married in this family, yeah. with this family forever. Then you're grieving the idea of not having a wedding. And then you're grieving the idea of this person never wanting to be with you again. Mm-hmm. And then you're grieving the idea of looking at a, a small human and knowing, okay, that pers- this small human is a piece of the person that you loved, but it'll never be yeah. again. And you're taking that person from former partner to your son's parent mm-hmm. and exchanging the relationship mm-hmm. and true forgive and forget. And I just watched the layers peel off and then him getting in another relationship mm-hmm. and being like, okay. And then grieving the idea that someone else could, I could share parenting responsibilities with some random woman mm-hmm. at one day. Mm-hmm. Like it just kept, the list kept getting longer and longer. Yes. And then I got to this place and I never, I'll never forget where I grieved everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, none of this, it's like a mountaintop. Like you just hit the trigger and then it's like downhill from there. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you hit another one. And then and it's like the mountaintops get a little bit smaller. They're right. not these big rises. Mm-hmm. And I had grieved everything. And then there was like still just this like, I'm still struggling a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Glennon Doyle said it. And I hope I don't say it wrong, but it just, I was like, that's it. She was like, most people don't truly forgive and forget. They just pretend forgive. Mm -hmm. And she said, because in order for you to truly forgive, you have to forget. People forgive all the time, Mm -hmm. but they don't, they're not willing to forget. And people think it's because we're like hoarding on Mm -hmm. to the pain of like, I'm protecting myself and I can't forget because you'll hurt me again. Mm -hmm. She was like, that's not it. It's literally the fact that when we forgive and then we forget, choosing to forget means that you're saying all those memories, all those things, all the things that made you matter to me no longer matter to me anymore. So all of that doesn't exist to me anymore. Mm -hmm. You don't matter to me anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was like, shit, Mm. that's it. Mm -hmm. That is when I knew all the layers were were gone, when I was like, I can be happy for you. Mm -hmm. I can... I can truly forget. I can. I have to let these memories go mm-hmm. as a once was mm-hmm. because that is the only way I'm going to get to the place of where, like, I can embrace the new you mm-hmm. and we can start co-parenting well and I can start embracing whatever your life brings you yeah. and be elated for you mm-hmm. and just happy. Mm-hmm. Forgetting 
No one told me that. Mm-hmm. It was grieving in layers. It was it was co. But in order to successfully co-parent, which I feel like we're just now getting on that journey now after a year and a half, mm-hmm. is was forgetting, was willing to forget because to me that was the true art mm-hmm. of letting go. Yeah, that was the letting go of like not thinking of the memories and getting angry. Mm-hmm. It was thinking of the memories and being like, wow, that was really a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It'll be great when I get to do that with someone else now. And good for him for doing it with someone else. Mm-hmm. Like that was a new level when I was like, yeah. that's true forgiveness. That's growth. Growth. Yes. Took a while. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was work. Yes. Committed work yes. all the time. Yes. As he said in Insecure, growth. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about. I know you mentioned when you were um, when you were kind of going through that through that time of wanting to lose weight, and you were in the relationship, and things weren't really kind of going. And then you were able to drop all the weight, all of the emotional yes. weight, all of the baggage. And I actually call it the revenge body. Absolutely. And I think it's so powerful. And I even and I always say this, even if that's where you're, where you, where you if it just it's what you need to just push you forward, then do it. Go do for it. it. Because right. I know I certainly did. Like I, when I started losing this weight, like really got serious with it. It was definitely partly because I was dating this guy that felt like I was too old for him to be with. Even though, oh. he, although he was only two years younger than me, so it's not like he was twenty-five. But we were dating for quite some time, and he was like, you know, I think I want more kids, and I just think you're too old. Crown almost got off this couch. <laughs> and when I tell you that I internalize it, it hurts so bad. Yeah. Because I have never, I had never been told. I appreciate you saying that so much, though, because women get told stuff like that all the time yeah. or be call, or they get called insecure all the yeah. time. And they just, no, I yeah. don't take that seriously. No, that shit hurts. It hurts. It really did. Because it, and it made me have to look at myself like, wait, am I? Does this mean that like I'm like, do I date um, older men? Do like, I am I date? Is, no one's gonna want me because because they think that like my ovaries are too old for them. <laughs> like the fuck? And mind you, he already had a, like a teenager. Like it's not like he never. It's one thing if like the man never had kids and he's like, oh no no, because you know. Right. But it, it was. But it hurt. It was so ignorant of him. But it hurt me to the core. You you internalized it. Hurt me so bad, and mm-hmm. I wore that for such a long time because I was like, man, no one's ever gonna want me because, you know, at that point I was pushing forty, and I'm like, oh my gosh, and so part of it, part of my like, what inspired me, I was like, the next time he sees me. He's going to be like, damn. A breakup, you get, you fall off or get fine. Pick one. Yes. Fall off or get fine. Yes. Either way, you never stay the same. And I promise you, he did see me again. And he was for sure like, damn. And I was like, see, look at that. But I'm too old, right, motherfucker? <laughs> I thought I was too old. Oh. So that can definitely be. So while it may start out as more like this, like anger and this, you know, whatever, like, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you what you left. It can sometimes be what we need to, like, give us a little kick in the ass. Like, you know what? Let me go. Let me go do this. Let me go put myself first. Talk to us about that. I'm so glad you brought this up. And I'm actually going to say something that you're not going to expect. I literally remember a year later and I was like, everybody was complimenting me. Mm -hmm. Like everyone was like, oh, my God, you look so good. It's the best you ever looked. I remember like, you know, my ex's friends would come up to me and they'd be like, yo, you look different. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, oh, the way. And they'd be like, no, you just like you look Mm-hmm. all the way different like you're glowing like yeah. and I just remember looking in the mirror and having moments where I was like yo this is the best you've ever looked mm-hmm. and like if the revenge body was in the dictionary I was it <laughs> like it was like <laughs> like I've gained some weight since I was crushing it like mm-hmm. I was like never looked this good mm-hmm. and I want to point out the fact that it didn't change anything about how I felt right it didn't make the healing easier mm-hmm. it didn't make me feel better mm-hmm. It didn't, it, it no, hardly ever at any point was I like, mm-hmm. see that? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it was never, was I proud of me? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Did it feel good to be seen? Mm-hmm. God, I wish I could stop everyone that got upset with Aisha Curry when she said that publicly of like, she just was like, I'm tired of being the basketball wife. Like, I would like to be seen mm-hmm. every now and then. Mm-hmm. And people were like, I don't know. Oh, no, so just like work. men like to be seen, women love to be seen, yes. desired and noticed and, and heard. And, and sometimes that's in a conversation and sometimes that's externally, yeah. you know, and it was like I was being noticed more than I had ever been. Mm-hmm. Confidence on 10. Mm-hmm. It changed 
nothing about mm-hmm. my healing journey. Mm-hmm. It changed very little about how I felt about myself. Yeah. Like showing up for myself had every, I, it's going to sound corny, but showing up for myself and loving myself again had everything to do with the spiritual work, the retreats, the connected to self, just being deeply connected to myself, being honest and open with myself about the trauma that did exist in my life and how to feel all the way through it just to really open myself up to it. Mm-hmm. Speak with that five-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. Like, figure her out. Mm-hmm. Who was driving the bus? Yeah. Those were the things where I built a new relationship with myself. The body was, it was literally a show. Yeah. So you mean to tell me, oh, so you mean to tell me that when you lost the weight, nothing changed on the inside? Nothing changed. That's what I say all the time. That's why I always, and I know you've heard me say this so much as we've recorded this. That's why I always say that when I have clients that are like, I'll, I'll be more conf- confident once I lose the weight. I will love myself once I lose the weight. And I tell them, no, you won't. No, you won't. No, you won't. That's no. not what's going to make you love yourself. That's why you got to start now. I've been the finest I've ever been before. And it wasn't until later when more of the work was done. Yeah. That I was like, damn, I can have whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Damn, I can manifest whatever I want. <laughs> damn, I can literally do anything. Like, oh, mm-hmm. and and like... And I can work through my own shit at any time that I was like, man, I'm powerful. Mm -hmm. It had so little to do with my waistline. Mm -hmm. The minute you stop untying that validation, that worthiness to your waistline. Yeah. It was just a show. Yes. Just a show. Yeah. And and I'm so glad that you're saying it's so powerful for you to say it because when I say it sometimes to my clients, they're like, that's because you're having your And I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm telling you, it's an inside job. It is an inside is. job. And if you don't want to do the work, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it's. This is just a shell. This is just what we present with. When you get this in tune with yourself, I'm not kidding you. When I like, when I find a new layer of something, right? Because we are ever evolving, ever healing. Anytime anyone says, "I have healed ED," forget it. Walk away. Go the other direction. <laughs> we are these ever evolving, ever healing, ever contributing to our evolution beings right and like it's almost to the point where anytime I do something and I uncover something about myself and I'm like okay all right there's some work to do there Mm -hmm. and like and then I'm like feel myself getting to the breakthrough I'm like I might get skinny again they better watch out like like this this could be a new layer like watch out watch out world like because I'm like I'm about to literally do the heavy lifting of removing the internal shit mm-hmm. off of me. If you don't think that that doesn't show up in your physical body, you have lost your mind. Yes. Yes. Lost your mind. Absolutely. I'm like, let me get this. It's like a layer. Just mm-hmm. Get it mm-hmm. off. Yeah. And we're constantly evolving, right? And like the version of you one year ago, I'm sure is a completely different person today. And will be a different person next year. Who? And that's... What we want. Yes. Right? We don't want to be stuck. Correct. People think they want to go back to where they were when they were 25. No, you don't. You were probably a dumbass hot mess when you were 25. <laughs> I most certainly was. <laughs> I didn't know shit about fuck, but I thought I did. I thought I knew it all. Yep. And then I look back and I'm like, damn. And yep. now I look at myself now and I'm like, I am the most centered Ooh. and the most at peace is Ooh. it is my life perfect no Ooh. and i have so many things that i want to do but i have peace mm. and and that is that's such an intangible intangible yes. i was literally flying here and you know like i always say like my clearest moments are like rides plane planes and car rides mm-hmm. and i'm on i'm looking out the window and i'm like I just have this weird, weird moment of thinking about like two exes ago, Mm -hmm. someone saying something to me along the lines of like, uh, you're just insecure. Mm. And I'm like, I literally was on the plane like, why did I think that that was okay? Mm -hmm. And then I immediately go to a past relationship where this guy was like, yeah, I think I'm breaking up with you because it's boring. Mm. It's very boring. And I was like, huh, mm-hmm. wild that I thought that was okay. And mm-hmm. then I stayed longer. And then I was like going through all these like scenarios. And then I'm like, oh my God, I would never now. Mm-hmm. I would never even give that the time of day. Mm-hmm. 
Same way I would never put these kinds of foods in my body that I used to. Same way that I would never like have friendships that don't serve me anymore. Same way that I would not waste my time being around people, places or things that uh, don't fill my cup. Mm -hmm. Like same way I don't really listen to that much music or watch that much TV that doesn't really fuel my cup. And I'm like, and I just had this aha moment of like, oh, this is love. Mm-hmm. This is love. Yes. This is peace. This is when you make effortless decisions relentlessly, unapologetically that put you first. Mm-hmm. You don't question any of this because you don't need validation anymore. You don't need anybody. Y'all stay outside. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. And this doesn't mean I'm secluded or I, I close doors mm-hmm. or it's just I'm good with me. Mm-hmm. That's a different game. That that y'all hear me that is dangerous Mm -hmm. a woman who can unapologetically relentlessly put herself first is dangerous she's a problem because there ain't a whole lot you can do to knock me off my stool right sorry yeah (laughs) yeah that's how you become unbreakable unfuckwithable unfuckwithable (laughs) okay that's what you do yep jessica motherfucking hurley thank you so much (laughs) For just having this conversation. Thank you. It's just, I don't even know. I just want to hug you right now. So (laughs) (laughs) I know that our listeners are going to get so much out of this episode. Thank you. Having this heart to heart, just hearing from real women Mm -hmm. and our real struggles. And look at us being boss bitches. Hey! Rich in real life and in all the, look at, we're sitting on, on, on decadence right here. Money, all this money, green, green money. Yes! <laughs> Rich in real life. Thank you. And thank you for always being that, being true to who you are, showing up with all that you've been through and doing this for other people. Like, what I love about you is everything that you've been through. You are like, I'm going to be I'm I'm going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to figure this weight thing out. I'm going to figure this life thing out. I'm going to uncomplicate this process and I'm still going to be a mom and I'm still going to be uh kick ass in my role that I have. I'm going to kick ass in everything that I do and then when I figure out the roadmap, I'm going to give it to everyone yes. else. Yes. And you literally are committed to educating people in that way and I I I have to give it to you for that. Thank that you. is purpose. Yes. That is purpose. Thank you. And thank you for believing in me when I stop believing in myself. <laughs> <laughs> Any time of the day. I heard that voice. I don't know about y'all, but I heard that voice and I was like, there's nothing wrong with this podcast. You're just doing it wrong. <laughs> Her voice is like butter. It's like a hug. So <laughs> thank you so much. You are so welcome. And that's all for today. Bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning in and trusting that none of this has to be complicated. You can have the health the body, and the life that you've always desired. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Find me on Instagram and YouTube at It's Eva Rodriguez so that I can support you on your journey of uncomplicating weight loss and life.